Hello and welcome back to the Charles Squared Podcast. My name is Charlie Mason. And I'm Charles Iverson. Welcome back, everybody. It has been too long. It's been a while. Uh, today we are going to be breaking down Spider-Man No Way Home, um, all the movie details um, and everything that we think you're going to need to know for the future of the MCU. Yeah. So um, right off the bat, first of all, <laughs> this movie is incredible you know it it has everything that i could have wanted it has great action first of all uh it has some great funny moments and it surprisingly has a lot of heart yeah i was shocked i um got emotional a couple times in the theater on opening night i will openly admit that um but i think one of the biggest things about this movie uh if you saw it in theaters was just the um the energy of oh, seeing yeah. it. Uh, it definitely rivaled that of uh, Infinity War and Endgame crowds. Um, but for sure, lots of lots of standing ovations, uh, lots of tears, lots of screams. Yes, this will definitely be a theater experience I will never forget. And I didn't even see it on opening night. I saw it in the middle of the day on Saturday, and I still had that experience. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, so we've got a lot to break down and I want to start it off, um, with what some are calling the Sinister Six, um, but for our sake, let's just call it the, the Sinister Five, uh, the lineup of villains in this movie. So Charles, you want to break that down? Yeah, sure. So first of all, uh, we have Doc Ock, who's the first that Peter meets, uh, Doc Ock being from, uh, Spider-Man 2, the second Sam Raimi, uh, trilogy movie. Uh, then the next one he meets immediately after Doc Ock is Green Goblin, Norman Osborn from the first Sam Raimi trilogy movie. Uh, then the next one he encounters, I believe, is Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Then uh, shortly after that, he meets Sandman uh, from Spider-Man 3. And then, let's see. Oh, yeah, then, of course, there's Lizard, who... I believe Doctor Strange captured Lizard initially, right? Yes. Yeah, Dr. and Lizard Doctor is, of course, from, uh, yeah, The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one. Yeah. Um, so I I feel like uh, the people who made the trailer of this movie did a really good job introducing who all was going to be in the film. Of course, you know, not the heroes, but uh, those villains. Uh, we saw everybody. Um we kind of knew we, we were kind of expecting uh, what we saw, a lot of what we saw from them. Um, no big surprises, uh, but I will say um, it was kind of a cool concept having Doctor Strange involved in the collection or I guess the capturing of all these villains. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I want to add that uh, they captured all the villains very early in the movie, which isn't something I expected. And so I was left wondering at that point, where are they going to go with this now? And then I think that's when they sort of introduced this like moral concept that mm-hmm. Aunt May planted into Peter's mind that you can't just capture and send these people back to their realms because or their universes because now you're responsible for their lives. And I think that's really what this movie was about. Absolutely. I feel like Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, every Spider-Man movie starring Tom Holland has kind of um, 
you know, set a new a new value, some kind of characteristic or trait uh, that's being developed uh, through Peter. And I think Spider-Man Homecoming did a good job with um, just dealing with high school, balancing high school life and um, that of uh, being Spider-Man. Far From Home did a good job uh, balancing his social life and um, introducing the Spider-Sense. And then we also have this movie, which kind of deals with what Charles was saying, the moral mission Aunt May introduces um, when she meets Norman Osborn for the first time. Yeah, so, you know, when they first introduced uh, Norman Osborn in this movie, I was really intrigued by how they did it because, you know, we see him briefly as the goblin on the bridge, but then the next time we see him, he's back as Norman Osborn, and he's he's just a confused guy uh, who sought help uh, first with Aunt May, then with Peter, and he tries to help Peter uh, genuinely, but then the goblin comes back, and then, of course, he Peter feels that he betrays him by killing Aunt May. And, Which, of course, you know, he kind of did, but... <laughs> well, yeah, so then right before Aunt May dies, she repeats, or she says a similar line to the one we hear in the original Spider-Man movie that was said by Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben with great power comes great responsibility, and I love how they did that. It was absolutely incredible, and I'll also mention something else. That scene of Peter holding Aunt May mirrored that of uh, Tony holding Peter in Infinity or in in Infinity War, and that of Peter holding Tony in Endgame. And I think it's incredible that they've kind of introduced that again. Uh, obviously, under different circumstances, um, you know, Peter losing his one known relative is awful. Um, yeah, you know, that was definitely a heartbreaker. Yeah, you know, and like. A lot of how heartbreaking that scene was, I think, is owed to Tom Holland's performance. I mean, wow, such an incredible actor. Like, I I was so I sad know. for him. Right. I didn't know he had that in him. It was incredible to watch when he was like, all right, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're, we're yeah. just going to take, take, like, take a breath. We'll be fine. Yeah. Like, and in that moment, well, to our knowledge, he lost his remaining blood relatives and then by the end of the movie he loses all connection to everybody which is which is really sad when you think about it um but something i actually wanted to mention because we definitely saw the maturity of the film increase as it went on uh what i mean by that is in the beginning it was kind of i kind of felt this fast uh almost rushed pace of the film uh, the camera was all over the place. It was super informal, and I wasn't really a yeah. fan of how the, how it was how it was set up in the beginning. Uh, but we definitely saw a little more uh, maturity in terms of camera angles, and um, you know, as the scenes became more intense, especially with Aunt May, um, they used some slow mo. Uh, mm-hmm. When when Peter looked up and saw Happy, for example, uh, the music oh, yeah, intensified. That was great. So. I think just the progression throughout the movie was incredible. They did a great job. Yeah. Um, to add on to that, I would say that towards the beginning, it still kind of like had the the feel of the first two Tom Holland movies. Um, but then by the end, it felt distinctly different, in my opinion. Like it, it, 
there was something about it that felt more like the the Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire movies um, in terms of tone. Uh, and it it's quite hard for me to describe right. how exactly it was, but it, it was just how the movie felt to me by the end. It, it may have been the fact that he had made his own costume. Uh, it may have been the fact that he was now a nobody, you know? Yeah. Um, I will add <laughs> at the end, I, I know we're skipping all over the place, but at the end of the movie, uh, you know, when Peter kind of looks out the window, he gets that new apartment, he's alone and he's accepted the fact that he's going to be like that for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but him looking outside and seeing like the, the snow falling reminded me of like a cheesy ending to a Hallmark movie of some <laughs> sort. And I thought that was, I don't know why, but it felt like a really mature scene to add and it really built his character. And I think, you know, I will, I will say this. um, I think that, you know, adding that maturity to his character is definitely going to propel him into what's going to be, I think they've confirmed a college trilogy. Yeah. Well, it's kind of loosely confirmed because I think uh, Amy Pascal, one of the producers, uh, confirmed it, but I don't know if anyone else has, so it, it's probably happening. Uh, okay. Hopefully. But, yeah. I think it will, because I think, uh, it, I think it'd be weird to end it this way. Like, this was definitely a great ending to the Homecoming trilogy, oh, yeah. but, like, now Peter has to move on to a completely new phase of his life, and I really want to, I, I really want to see that, because, um, like we mentioned with Aunt May dying, uh, you know, she was kind of like, they kind of made her the uncle Ben of this story since we never got an uncle Ben in the MCU. And as we know, Peter's story doesn't end with uncle Ben dying. That's just the beginning. So I would really love to see where his character goes from here. Right. They definitely did something different with Tom Holland. And I feel like this is kind of obvious, but Tom Holland came in as a 15 year old. Um, Andrew and Toby were obviously much older, uh, seniors and well, not much older. They were seniors in high school, a lot more, uh, mature. Um, they were all, they, they were in different stages than, um, Tom was when he was playing Spider-Man. And so we've kind of hit the base of where Andrew and Toby started. Uh, that's where we're leaving off with Tom. So he definitely has so much room to grow. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and now that you bring up Andrew and Toby, how about we get into, the biggest reveal of the movie, which I guess was already revealed way ahead of time, but I mean, it, it's still, it was incredible to actually see them in the movie, you know, like, Oh, it e- was surreal. Yeah. Even though we like both pretty much knew they were in it. Like yeah. just the, when I actually saw it happen, I was like, no way. It was when they said, show me Peter Parker. Like, bring me Peter Parker. That's when I was kind of like, I was like, okay, they're going to find Peter. And when we saw that he was in an alley that looked unlike any other, and all you could see was the big eyes on the, yeah. On the, in costume, that moment I everybody knew everybody started screaming and he, he came in through the portal and he was like, I'm Peter Parker. I'm Spider-Man. That was just my childhood. Yeah, and oh. then like when when he pulled off the mask, people oh started screaming gosh. again because <laughs> it was really anything. him. Oh, um, and then when Toby came in, something interesting happened. 
I don't know that a lot of people noticed this, but I've been rewatching this scene over and over again. He walked in and he said, I know you two. It was he like... He looked at MJ and Ned. It was really weird. He goes... And he looked at... Uh, was it Ned's grandma? Yeah. And he I, went, I, I don't know. Hi. Like, he knew her. And then yeah. he said, that's... And then he looked at Andrew. He goes, that's... That's not your friend. Yes. Yeah, I noticed that. And I expected them to explain it, but then they didn't. I mean... Maybe there was a deleted scene or something. I, I don't that know. That would explain a lot because I don't, I don't know why, but it was just strange. That was really strange. Um, well, I mean, speaking of which, maybe they'll explain it in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah, but I, maybe something like that. You know, you never know. Yeah. Um. Oh, but um, on the topic of Andrew Garfield. We got to talk about uh, the redemption that his Spider-Man got. I could not have been more happy when Tom Holland got hit with the glider. I don't. I don't think I'd ever like hear myself saying that. But oh my! When Andrew saw yeah. Tom wasn't gonna get there. Everybody, somebody in my in my movie theater screamed, "Go, Andrew!" Yeah, go! and everybody was screaming, "Let's go!" It was that, just a great moment. That could not have been more perfect. Honestly, and, like, since he never got, like, a completion to his Amazing Spider-Man trilogy, like, I love that they kind of added in that character arc for him. I, and it, it could not have been more perfect. Like, I know. Uh, when, when he caught her, MJ was like, or uh, he asked MJ, are you okay? And then she was like, yeah, are you okay? And then you just see his face and he's crying. Oh, like It was awesome. And I will Andrew say Garfield though, is such a great actor, too. He's so good. Uh, something else, uh, you mentioned his story not being completed. When they were talking about the villains they fought, that scene was really funny because Andrew kind of slid in the fact that he fought the guy in the rhinoceros outfit that mm -hmm. we see at the end of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was really funny. He goes, wow, you guys have fought Alien. I'm, I'm lame compared to you. And then we see the Toby-Andrew banter, like, no, man, like, it's all about self-love. Like, we appreciate... You're awesome, man. You're amazing. Did yes. call him amazing? Yeah, th yeah, I think they actually <laughs> said amazing. That's, That's really funny. funny. I just yeah. caught that. Um, So that was... Just watching all three of them interact, I couldn't believe it was real. I was sitting in the theater, and I was like, I need to remember this. Like, I need to remember yes. how incredible this is. Like, seeing it for the first time, I'm sure... Watching it back again will be awesome, but yeah, watching it back again will be awesome. But I don't think you know the experience of being in a theater with everyone being so excited about it that that's irreplaceable. But I'm sure I will enjoy seeing it again when I'm able to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another big thing that happened we talked we were kind of talking about the end of the movie. Um, you know, how, how Tom Holland gets this new apartment, this new life, but we never really talked about what it meant for his co-stars. Uh, is it Jake and Zendaya? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So what does it mean for two of the biggest Spider-Man, like, for the Homecoming trilogy, two of the biggest characters, um, not remembering who Spider-Man is? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, um, well... My honest opinion, I think they're done. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I think um, when Peter decided to leave uh, the coffee shop where MJ works, 
I think that was kind of him realizing that his friends are happy without him. They don't really need him. And by being friends with them again, he could potentially be putting them in danger. So I think it's possible we could see them again. I'm not completely discounting that possibility. In fact, I think it is pretty likely that we'll see them again. But I also kind of feel like story-wise it would work if we didn't see them again. And I was just going to say that. So you were bringing up how they're not going to remember him, obviously, or we, you know, we brought that up. Well, Dr. Strange, I just realized is not going to be able to remember him. None of, and um, this goes mm-hmm. back to Andrew and Toby and Tom all talking <laughs> the Avengers scene. He goes, guys, I was part of a team. I was part of the Avengers. He goes, <laughs> the Avengers. No way. That's awesome. What is that? Yeah. That, he goes, is that a band? Are you part of a band? That, that discussion was awesome. But yeah. it means that I could see in the future of the MCU, Spider-Man not having anything to do with any other Avenger ever again. Yeah, I could actually see that too. Um, well, I think there's two possibilities. I think, um, well, as you know, and probably uh, most listeners know, uh, Sony and Marvel Studios have a contract uh, because Sony owns the film rights uh, to use Spider-Man, but they have this contract uh, to share Spider-Man right now. If they decide not to renew that contract, then uh, the ending they set up in No Way Home uh, gives them essentially like two ways to take the future. They could either have Spider-Man not interact with any Avengers ever again, and it would make perfect sense because they wouldn't remember him anyway. Um, or if they decide they do want to renew the contract... Spider-Man could still interact with the other Avengers. They just wouldn't remember he's Peter Parker. Right. And I think one of the most important things um, to remember is that at the end of the movie in that post credit scene, we did get Venom. Venom is now in the same universe that Peter is in. Well, he was, a but then he went back. No, oh, but he yes. left behind yes, a piece. Yes, that's right. He um, left behind a piece. So Venom is yeah. in the universe. And we need to remember that. So... I think Sony's doing a great job with their relationship with Marvel. I think, sadly, it's going to end. I think that's for the best, honestly. We got a lot of Peter Parker with the... We got Peter Parker and the Avengers. Now we... And and this movie kind of gave us Peter Parker with the Avengers and other Peter Parkers, which was leaning towards more of just seeing Peter Parker. And I think now we're finally transitioning into solo Peter Parker movie. Yeah, and you know, as much as I really do want a solo Peter Parker movie, I also want him to stay in the MCU just because, like, you know, uh, Tony Stark has been a big figure in this version of Peter Parker's life, and I feel like if suddenly, like, he's not able to, like, mention Tony Stark ever again or have anything to do with him, I feel like that just wouldn't make much sense now obviously nobody at stark industries would know who he is pepper Potts wouldn't know who he is happy hogan wouldn't know who he is but i feel like if spider-man stayed out of the mcu you know that would take away part of who he is you know right that's a good point that's a really good point but i will say um i could see something happening uh like a wandavision kind of scenario and i just brought that up because we see Wanda completely isolated from the MCU. And if, if Wanda's character was under, if Wanda and Vision's characters were under 
you know, a different licensing company, um, then there would, they would have had no, no problem with interacting with Marvel. There was really no connection at all that you could really bring up, um, that I can remember. Um, well, like, do you mean within the WandaVision show? Yeah. Well, she went to the, she went to the headquarter to get the body, but like, if they were careful about it, I could see a way in which Wanda, if she wasn't part of the MC, like if she wasn't part of the MCU, could have been completely untouched by it. And I think that's what's going to happen with uh, with Peter. I think he's going to go through at least one movie, and I think it's going to be the movie with Venom. I think that makes the most sense. I Yeah, um, I think the next movie will definitely be him dealing with Venom. And even if... Um, even if he does stay in the MCU, they renew the contract with Marvel. I think it will probably just be like a a solo Spider-Man movie. Um, yeah. And honestly, I I really want that. Um, like as much I as I want say, him still in the MCU, I I do want a solo Spider-Man yeah. movie with Tom Holland. I agree with that, um, but I will say it would be nice solo. I don't mean alone. I want MJ. I want Ned. <laughs> I want I, the supporting yeah. characters so badly, and that's where that's where it gets complicated because they don't remember him. Yeah. Um, well, I I think I think probably, um, you know, at the end of this movie we see him with a GED study book. I think um, he's gonna end up uh getting his GED diploma. Um, and then he's probably gonna be in college by the time we see him again. But he's probably not going to be in MIT um, just because there's like no record of like how well he's done in school. Um, He's not getting into MIT. So I honestly think MJ and Ned are probably out for those reasons. I mean, I'm sure they could do a bunch of like um, storyline gymnastics to get them into the story. But um, I think he'll have a new love interest, maybe Gwen Stacy, um, mm. and he'll have a new best friend, maybe Harry Osborn. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And I, the thing is, I don't think that um, Harry Osborn would be evil just because they've already done that twice. And I right. don't think they'll introduce Norman Osborn just because they had an alternate version of Norman Osborn uh, yeah. already in the MCU. So it might be like a a toned down version of what we've already seen. Just first you could say was, when did the first Spider-Man movie come out? Was it 2002? Uh, yeah, yeah. It would have been 2002. A 2002 version of, of Harry Osborn. I feel like that's the best way to put it because Harry and Peter were just friends. Obviously Norman was there, but Harry had no relation to the green goblin whatsoever. Um, so maybe something like that. Yeah. It would it would be sad though to see MJ and and Peter's relationship suddenly end like that. That would be a bummer. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I I feel like the, you know what? I I know I just said that I think they're out of the story now, but now that I'm thinking about it, MJ is still wearing that Black Dahlia necklace at the end of the movie that Peter oh, yeah. gave him in far or Peter gave her in Far From Home. So I mean, you never know. That's I another think thing. There's still how, that does that, how does it work? It's like Happy's like, oh yeah, how'd you know? Or like through Spider Man, so they both had a connection to Spider Man. It's like, but Happy, do you know who Spider Man is? Uh, no. How do you? How do you know? How do you know May? 
Oh, it's Spider-Man's aunt. Who's Spider-Man? I don't know. It's probably how, best not to think about the logic how'd you get too that? much hey, here. Hey, MJ, how'd you get that necklace? I, I, don't, I don't know. Also, where was Wong? That's another thing I want to add. Well, <laughs> was he affected by the spell? Was he in the universe? Well, he said, you can do it. I'm leaving. You, this is like what you have to do. And he and Doctor Strange made a big deal about it. He's like, we have to do this before he gets back. Yeah. So what if Wong remembers him, comes back and reverses it somehow? No. I, you never know. That would just like completely Marvel. defeat the purpose of his sacrifice, though. Uh, That's very of true. Peter's sacrifice. No, I. No, I don't think Wong would remember because. I'm pretty sure the the spell just affects everybody, okay. no matter where you're at. That's unfortunate. Um, but speaking of Wong and Doctor Strange, we got to talk about that multiverse of madness <laughs> trailer that was at oh the gosh. very end of the movie. We obviously knew that Wanda was going to be in it, but now Doctor Strange needs her help, but with what? Yeah, I don't know. Um, he specifically says that this isn't about Westview. Um, and well, that that's significant, I think, for two reasons. One, I, I feel like it might be the first time that an MCU movie references the events of an MCU show. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the first time that's happened so far. Um, and two, I'm actually surprised he's not there about something about Westview. You know, it could be something about Loki TVA. I don't know how that's going to tie in. I hope it does. It could be it has something. To. It could be the aftermath of what happened in No Way Home with, you know, the sky breaking open. Maybe something went wrong. Well, um, you know, the the fact that the uh, trailer opens with, uh, like, the lines that, I think it was some Doctor Strange line, like, when they were doing the spell, I think. Um, but the trailer does open with a line that was in No Way Home. So I feel like the events of No Way Home will impact the movie in some way. Maybe okay. not in a significant way. Okay. I could see that happening. And, you know, that's just going to be a great movie. The Obviously, we're not going to... It's been pushed back. We're going to see it in May 2021. Um, so we have a little longer wait. But it's going to be the next time that we see multiple Avengers, I believe, in the same place. That's my prediction. Is that you think so? We're going to see him. I don't think Hawkeye is going to give us much um with multiple avengers uh and then i think we have a break oh so oh i see what you're saying i thought you meant like uh all of the avengers were gonna get together in that movie i do see more than two being in it though maybe three maybe four we might see vision you never know oh actually yeah now that you mention it i bet we probably will see white vision uh, we, could see a couple, we could see a couple Avengers in there. Um, Thor Love and Thunder, I feel like, is going to be a way more personal story. Oh, um, yeah, probably. Uh, probably so, a lot of it will take place in space. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe refounding Asgard or something like something of the sort. So, never know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I think this is probably a good place to end this episode 
Yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. I know we've been inactive for a while now, but we're going to try to dive right back in and pick up where we left off. We've got a lot of new, exciting ideas for you guys, including our annual recap and predictions, um, which will probably be coming out sometime in the first week of January. Um, We're going to go over what we thought of this year's movies and compare them to how we rated them earlier this year, which is going to be super exciting. Yes, and of course, uh, next week, or I guess this week, we've got the final episode of Hawkeye Season 1 coming out. Uh, I definitely recommend watching that show. I know it's been overshadowed a lot by No Way Home hype, but it it's a really good show. So we are going to be uh, reviewing that and discussing that coming up very shortly. And finally, The Book of Boba Fett, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is it December 29th? You know, I don't know the exact date. It's like really close to the end of December, though. Yeah. So we've got the Book of Boba Fett coming out, too. So we've got a lot in store for you guys. Uh, So thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.